Good evening, Hot Fan Rivalry followers. It is Thursday. That means, let's see, hold on. It's Thursday. It comes between Wednesday, maybe Friday. No, no. Oh, 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 wait a second. That means that we're recording the weekly review, and Jackson and I are going to bust it down. Jackson has already forewarned me that he's got a rent going on today. So who knows where this is going to go? I have no idea. We did pregame. I'm excited. Jackson, how the heck are you doing? I'm I'm doing all right. A little under the weather today, again, second week in a row, but hopefully my throat doesn't give out on me. So hey, if your throat gets out on you, then I'll just I'll just take over and I'll say, you know, that team in Atlanta, boy, they're not very good. Uh yada yada yada. See how that rolls. <laughs> all right, Jackson. I'm gonna let you lead off. You say you got a rant. Tell me your number one thought for this last week. Well, you mentioned offline the Giants are the losers of this week. I'm going to argue that the New York Mets are the losers of this week. Woo! Okay, do tell, do tell. So they're already so far into the luxury tax, they're paying a 90% tax. So you're essentially paying Carlos Correa twice as much money, which puts okay. you at around $54, $55 million a year. And look, Correa's good. Every, I've heard some rumblings that he's a Hall of Fame caliber shortstop. Let, let's back it up here. Let's back it up. He's a career 8836 OPS hitter. Mm -hmm. His career high for home runs is 26. Mm -hmm. Good defense, but you know, he's going to be moving to third base, moving to a new league, moving to a new ballpark. City field isn't exactly hitter friendly. I, I, I personally think that the Mets went a little overboard and as a Braves fan, I'm going to brag, you know, it's all, you know, Having guys on long-term contracts is good, but you want them to be young, and you want them to be fairly affordable. And I think what the Mets are doing isn't sustainable, because for the next, for they were over the tax last year, will be over the tax this year, and next year, and the following year. So after about three years, they start stripping draft picks from you, start stripping international money from you, and it's going to really deplete that farm system. And if the Mets don't win a World Series in the next three seasons, they're kind of, they're not going to be looking good. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So, so I, I, we're going to go point counterpoint on this one because all right, I I agree. Uncle Steve opened his wallet, right? Let's not, you know, I mean, I if I were him, I'd be concerned about the million dollars that I'm playing, paying Bobby Bonilla. No, I'm teasing, but Uncle Steve opened his wallet like crazy this <laughs> offseason. But here's what you get out of that: so you get Alonzo at first. You get McNeil at second, you get Lindor at short, and you get Correa at third. In addition to that, you still have some outfielder caliber, and you've got some great pitching in Max and J or uh, JV, and you you know you've picked up a couple of spots. What I think this has done for the Braves and for the Phillies is said, "Hey, we didn't like what happened last season. We're going to make some adjustments. We're going to win it." Um. So I. You know, I think the Giants lost out on this. How this guy keeps his job, how this GM keeps his job in San Francisco after losing Aaron Judge and after losing Carlos Correa um, and then after losing um, out on Rendon, how does this guy keep his job? I've looked at the uh, I've looked at the Giants starting lineup and I'm not look, you know, stranger things have happened, but I'm not thinking that they're going to win more than 80 games a season. At very best. So, you know, I agree with you. I think that the 
the Mets went after it. But to talk about Carlos Correa as a Hall of Famer, gosh, that's that's a stretch. I, that I've, is I've, a I've stretch. heard I've heard some rumblings. I mean, you know, he he certainly looks the part. You know, the big the big stocky shortstop that modern MLB loves. But you know, he's gonna like I said, he's gonna be playing third base in an era where you can't shift. So he's not particularly fast, which isn't really a problem at third base, but with the new rules and how stuff's going to be set up, you really do wonder, because, you know, I, I keep seeing projections. They're like, oh, the Mets rotation's insane. The Mets lineup's insane. It's the back half of both of those, include in the back half of the bullpen outside of Edwin Diaz, there's still some holes. I, I have this feeling of 2010's Yankees, where they have the sexy names, but they don't have a complete team but you know there, there are some some question marks mm-hmm. yeah yeah i you know anytime and you and i've seen this throughout sports right so anytime you go for all-star after all-star after all-star after all-star because what in essence this says is on the all-star at the all-star game this year you'll have you know and i'm being facetious here but you'll have 10 guys representing the padres 10 guys representing the Dodgers, 10 guys representing the Mets, uh, five guys representing Philly, you know, five to seven guys representing Atlanta. And then you've got your token one person from every other team. Now, of course, I'm being facetious, but when you have that, you're not building team chemistry. It'll be interesting to see how the team team chemistry and the di- team dynamic plays itself out. Because that's if I were Uncle Steve, that's what I'd be worried about at this point. Yeah, I mean, and that that's a great thing to bring up. I know he's friends with Francisco Lindor, but I mm-hmm. also know that he there was like him as a leader. They felt like he quit near the end of the season, you know, to preserve his health. So there's a there's a lot of question marks, and you know, kind of doubling back to the payroll. Is, you know, they have to pay Jeff McNeil, they have to pay Pete Alonso. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Mets navigate it without being able to you know to reload because they're getting to that situation. You know, everyone talks about how. You know, Atlanta and Houston have depleted the farm. It's because all their guys are playing in the major leagues now. Mm. You know, once you once you get Hogwash. to that stage, yeah, it, once you get to that stage, it's about re, it, you know locking your young talent down, and then you have three, four years to fix it. Yeah, and See, if you're if you're in that luxury tax, you know, purgatory where they're taking away all your good draft picks, it, it might be a challenge. See, and and one of the things that I the the thing that I like about this. And this is the same for the the Braves. When the Braves have the the high caliber talent, it's the same for the Dodgers. Right now, it's the same for the Padres, right? You look at a guy like Pete Alonso, who has the capability naturally of hitting 40 home runs a season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Pete Alonso is one of the best first basemen in the major leagues. That's not a stretch. So if he's going to hit, let's say, 40 home runs, you're not going to pitch around Pete to get to your next guy. So this gives Pete now some additional protection that he didn't have before. Because what you don't want to do, if the lineup stays the way that I saw it, Alonzo would bat fourth. You're not going to pitch around Lindor. You're not going to pitch around Correa. You're not going to pitch around any of these guys that are going to be, um, you know, before Pete to get to Pete. So, they're going to give these guys a lot of good pitches to try to get them out because they don't want to face Pete with two or three on. Right. Yeah. So 
I think it's going to make other players better. I, I'm not overly convinced. I'm Correa's done two things, actually three things in the last three seasons. One, he admitted that the Astros probably cheated. Two, he signed a three-year deal for $105 million with the Twins with an opt-out after one season and took the opt-out. So you're not talking about loyalty now at this point. Number three, he's he agrees in principle and terms with the Giants. And then during Midnight Madness, he decides that he's gonna to be a uh, a Met. So I and I mean a medical hang up isn't something to be taken lightly. Uh the Giants haven't really been able to comment on that because they're not allowed to. Right. They can't say, oh, you know, this injury is the reason why they just have to say, you know, he didn't pass our medical per se mm-hmm. so and you know props to the Mets for being aggressive free agency this year props to the Mets for trying to Steve Cohen for trying to put a winning team on on the field but you right. so you know because Anthony Rendon was kind of the same guy you know but mm-hmm. a lot better and he hasn't done anything for the Angels his injury history is probably about on par with Carlos Correa's wouldn't you agree? So, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and and it's gonna be for. See, and I'm gonna be Homer for a second. Last year, because everybody looked at the Dodgers lineup, they thought these guys are the gonna run away with it. You have extraordinary amount of pressure on San Diego and on the Mets this year, in the National League because they're racked and stacked, right? And so they've got extraordinary amount of pressure on themselves to produce. So what happens if you get to the All-Star break and Pete Alonso got hit on the thumb in April, God forbid, and he's out for three months. Um, and and um, Carlos Correa dives for a ball and hurts his back, which that seems to be part of the concern. So what happens if they're 500 at the All-Star break? Does the clubhouse lose their mind? You're paying that's a lot a, of money. Great. And so... Yeah. You got to figure it out. And I, and I think, you know, New York being such a big market, they really have, you know, as a general manager, you kind of have to think about the repercussions of a signing. You know, you've seen it with the Yankees, you know, a guy doesn't perform, he gets booed off the field. I know right. the, the Mets fans aren't quite as a, quite as aggressive as the Yankees fans, but you got to think, you know, with the media, the way the New York Post is writing about the Mets, it's like the greatest team that ever has ever walked to earth. Which, right. I don't know. I mean, the Mets definitely got better, but you know, Atlanta's still really good. Philadelphia's still really good. The Dodgers are still really good, even though all those teams have holes. And I think every single one of those teams, even San Diego, to an extent, can compete with New York. You know, quite easily. It's a so that it's not like they're these clear favorites in the National League. It'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. Obviously, you know, <clears throat> they're. And another how there's some grumblings from the owners. They're upset with how much money the Mets are putting into the the payroll. There's an unnamed executive that talked about how, you know, it's always been nobody spends more than three hundred million dollars, and he he claimed no collusion or whatever something like that. You know, well, you they, got it. They, they spent eight hundred and six million. Yeah, so you you got to think, you know with a yearly payroll like that, you know, how other teams are going to treat it, you know, and I think it's going to be 
what where it has worn down the Dodgers teams like the Dodgers over the last couple of years where everyone's going to be showing up wanting to beat them just because they don't like them. They don't like how they run, you know, like how they come out in the field and how everyone thinks that, you know, they're like the second coming of murderers row. So it'll be really interesting because I don't think any team's going to want to lose to the Mets this season. Every team's going to want to beat them. Even Pittsburgh's going to be, you know, busting their butt. The the perennial tankers going to be busting their butt to try to, to beat New York. So it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. I know I'm a Braves fan, Mets fans, and I know I'm really ripping into the Mets. I just. It's okay. Breach. Breach. Really better. Breach. You know? Yep. As a, as a division rival, I'm like, ah, they got Carlos Correa. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how much, how much, how many more wins could Carlos Correa give the Mets? Not much. Not much. So let's switch gears for a second. There was a couple other signings today. Did you see that uh, Will Myers signed today, one-year deal? Cincinnati. That's a good pick yeah. up for Cincinnati. I got you know, a text message from a friend of mine who's a huge Reds fan that said, we signed a Major League Baseball player. We signed a Major League Baseball player. You know, and I, this is a good move for Will Myers. You know, he, he's kind of dipped a little bit. If he has a good year, you know, mm-hmm. he can take advantage of it and go somewhere else or get maybe moved at the deadline. And if he has a bad year, he has a mutual option, you know, an okay year. Maybe Cincinnati wants to bring him back. So, yeah, I, that's a good signing. You know, Another one is Brandon Drury to the Angels. I very think, good signing, yeah. I think it's a very good signing. I don't think Brandon Drury is some sort of world beater, but he's a very versatile in, infielder, can play everywhere in the infield. You know, and with all the injuries the Angels have had in the infield the last couple of years, they're going to need it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that signing too because it shows that the or the Angels are doing something, but it's. It's still one of those positions where they're in where they need to do more, um, because you're you're literally wasting away. No offense, Angel fans, but you're literally wasting away Trout and Otani's best years. And yeah, at some think, point, those boys are going to say, "Deuces, we're going to do something else." Yeah, I, I think the Angels have made some sneaky moves. They, what they need is to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, if baseball is put on paper, the Angels probably win the World Series every year. They're that good of a team on paper, but, you know, in practice. So let's talk about the couple of catchers that signed this week or, or have agreed to deals. Um, what did you think about the um, the McCann deal to, to Baltimore? And what did you think about the Barnhart deal over to uh, the north side, over to the Cubs? Uh, you know, I will mention the Dansby Swanson deal because uh, he's agreed with the with the Cubs a little bit to go with that Barnhart deal. I think the Cubs are doing, they're doing something that, you know, the Pundits like to call making your team look pretty. They're trying to get butts in the seats. I don't think the Cubs have done anything to improve. I don't, which is baffling to me because their division is so weak that, you know, it's not like St. Louis has this world beating rotation or bullpen. They definitely could have, you know, made better moves. They could have traded Wilson Contreras at the deadline last year instead of letting him go to the Cardinals for free. There's just, so many dynamics. I think Barnhart's an okay signing for Chicago. I think it's one of those band-aid moves. I don't think they're going to be that good this year, but they might be good in a couple of years. <laughs> On the other hand, uh, the McCann deal, the Baltimore, or I kind of like, but he's a good defensive catcher, you know, a veteran catcher, and it's good to have that around. You know, Adelie Rushman looks like a superstar at the catcher position. Really nice switching and catcher. So, 
you got to feel really good as Baltimore, even if you can just slide Rutschman in the DH for a day. You know, you have McCann there. He can call a good game. He can play solid defense. Won't give you much with the stick anymore, but I, I really like that trade. I, I like that trade from a nice veteran backup catcher to help, you know, your superstar young catcher, you know, learn how to call games a little better. So I think Baltimore made a good move there. That's I exactly think what some of the people that I've talked to in Baltimore said was it's a great backup move. It's a great opportunity for them um, to see something a little different than what they've seen in the past. I, I think Baltimore might make a run at the division this year, as crazy as it sounds. I know the Yankees That's look loaded, crazy. but I think Baltimore has some really good top prospects coming up, especially starting pitchers. That's why, you know, they went after a couple of the big starting pitchers, but Baltimore fans good with major league ready talent. Not guys that, you know, the scouts say already, guys that are that came up and proved themselves to be everyday major league players. So Yeah. Yeah. I honestly I think that Toronto, uh the Yankees and Baltimore are gonna fish out to that division. I I don't think Boston did themselves any favors in the offseason, and I definitely don't think um the Rays did themselves any favors this offseason. So yeah, Tampa Bay's strength is their is their depth and their scouting, but you know, with they've had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years, and it's just you know getting the best result with the mix and match they kind of do. So, Tampa Bay either either is gonna you know smash everyone or they're gonna be kind of meh. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I'm feeling kind of meh this year. Sorry, Tampa Bay fans. There you go. So we talked about that. We talked about the catchers. We talked about um, we've talked about Carlos Correa. So let's end this uh, conversation around the Dansby Swanson thing. Now, I thought we had already talked about that, but I guess we didn't. So uh, talk I, to me I, about Dansby. I thought he was gone, I thought. And then he left. Yeah. Is that how that went? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm working in retail, guys, right now. Everything's just mushed together. All in every one, day's, all in one. Every, every day's the same. But, you know, yeah, I mean, if – a lot of Atlanta fans are grumbling that we're going to suck now. That's not true. Got a good young shortstop to fill the gap. And I think Atlanta is really is one of those teams like the Dodgers that is really good at, you know, plugging and playing young players to fill those holes. Even if they're not great at first, you know, they'll, they find their stride and they play really well. Right. And like I said earlier, I think Atlanta is going to be very good. Agreed. I'm not being, a, I'm not being a brace Homer. I, I just think, yeah, Philadelphia and New York got better, but you know, I still feel pretty good about the team that they're throwing out there, uh, you know. But congratulations for Dansby for getting married and uh, moving closer to your wife. Congratulations on your big contract. <laughs> we'll see you in Chicago. <laughs> awesome. Um, I yeah, like the Dansby. I mean, he'll probably get no. He'll, he'll get ovation when he comes back to Atlanta. You know, of course. We don't. We don't hate. We don't hate him. He's not a traitor. He didn't go to the Dodgers. He didn't go to the Mets. He's... What you talking about, Willis? Um, he's not a trader because he didn't follow the money. He just, he got offered a contract that he liked and he took it. You, you, yeah, you can't blame him on that. No, and I I don't blame him. And I think the Braves did what every good organization should do and stuck to their price point. There's no need to reach when you have a major league ready talent. Well, and the Braves could have something like the Astros had, right? The Astros got rid of Carlos Correa and then look what happened. Right, you have uh, Jeremy Pena who comes up, and Jeremy Pena. Obviously, the sample size is too small to tell, but if he stays healthy, I think he's head and shoulders 
uh, better than Carlos Correa. Yeah, I think he definitely has the potential to be better than Carlos Correa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Correa through the mud this entire podcast, but... <laughs> beep, beep. Sorry, there's Car- the bus. It's rolling over you, Correa. So- sorry, Carlos. I, I don't oh. like your I don't like your agent. That's why. But Carlos, I apologize. Well, maybe I don't. I put up a reel last night. Did you see the reel that I put up last night? No, I I've been sick, so. So I put up a reel last night and said, "Hey, this is what Noah should do when they he goes back to Queens and he faces off against Correa." And I showed the pitch behind Chase Utley. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. My bad. Don't think it it was. Don't think it wasn't intentional. It was very much intentional. No, I'm teasing. Um, okay, Jackson. This is the last weekly review. Obviously, with Christmas Eve being this Saturday, this is the last weekly review that we're doing this year. Um, and then we're gonna make some adjustments and make it even better for you guys. But how do you want to end us off with the year? What do you want to say? What do you want to talk about? Maybe you want to thank people like. Tell me how you want to end your version of this weekly review for this year. I mean, I just appreciate everyone that listens every week and listens to me drone on and on and be crazy. Appreciate you, Bill, for inviting me on every week. You know, hey, I, I got is... the face. I got the face for radio. So ah. <laughs> as you always say, uh, but you know, this was a really fun 2022 year. Uh, I'm excited for 2023. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate at the end of the year. Enjoy it. Have fun. Be with family. That's what it's all about. Happy Festivus. Yeah, Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus. So Jackson, I first of all, top fan rivalry followers, those of you that listen to this um, pretty consistently, first of all, thank you. Jackson and I have a good time doing this. We debate it out. It's a lot of fun. Jackson does not go by top fan rivalry or top fan stats guy for no reason. He is the stats guy when it comes to stuff baseball related. So first and foremost, I want to thank the top fan followers that are listening to this and consistently listen to it. Jackson, more importantly, I want to thank you or equally as important. I want to thank you. Um, This show doesn't happen without you. Uh, And I think there's a lot of, of power in kind of what we do. We have fun with it and, you know, as the season progresses and as the World Baseball Classic progresses, we'll have a lot of other opportunities to talk through it. So I'm excited about that, Jackson. Um, and then for all of you that got, you know, the contracts that you wanted, all of you players, congratulations. For those of you that haven't got your contracts yet, don't worry. They're around the corner and we wish you all the best. We want to thank everybody again um, and also want to wish you guys Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, everything. And I have one announcement, Jackson. Are you ready for this announcement? Um, maybe. I'll okay. Find out. Okay. We just got a, another set of hats in again. Now, here's how this is going to work. If you go on and you order a hat at topfanrivalry.com, first of all, what code do you use? Uh, you use code Jackson. It's the best you code. Use code Jackson. Okay. Not only that, but Jackson has agreed to have me send you out. This is all Jackson's doing. He's going to have me send you out after you've ordered that hat, a coupon to be able to get locker room access for not $36 for a year. For this coming year, for $14.99. So 
Thanks to Jackson for doing that. You order a hat, we'll send you a hat. We'll also send you a code for $14.99. So you can see everything that topfanrivalry.com does. The articles, the Around the Diamond with Sam, all the things that you're going to want to see during the season. So take advantage of that. And what code again do you use to purchase the hat, Jackson? Code Jackson. Code Jackson. That's what I like. If you guys use code Jackson, I promise to hear a lot more from me than just here on the Thursday show. There you go. There you go. Well, Jackson, thank you again. Merry Christmas. Feel better. And let's do this again uh, come the first of the year, right? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. All right, Top Fan Rivalry followers, thanks again, and we'll we'll see you soon.